0: hello welcome back thank you
1: Mhm. you are welcome what
0: is up bestie
1: nothing i don't think
0: i don't think either i mean i've seen you like twice today so
1: yeah but that makes up for like the entire like half week that i was gone last week dude yeah you were gone a lot The summer has been rough. This has
0: been like, this has been the week from fucking hell.
1: You should see my paychecks. (laughs) Do they suck? They are not good. Well, because I haven't been able to take call for like basically all of June. Um, Because like we had our vacation and then that was like an entire week. And then my best friend, oh, and then we had a bachelorette party. Then we had the wedding and then now we're moving and it was just, I don't know. It's been a lot. Dude, even just this last week has been absolutely nutso. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I can't wait to get off call so I can get completely fucking hammered tomorrow. (laughs) Will I do that? Absolutely not. But it's a nice thought right now. Why
1: not? I don't know. You can.
0: I know. But every time I say I'm going to get hammered, then I think about the hangover that I would have the next day. And that makes me want to vomit right now.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I would vomit. Run out. Okay, so (laughs) the birthday party went well. If you remember the last episode, I was talking about cake and shit. Birthday party was good. Frosting turned out magnificent. Really good. Um, Happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday, Chris. (laughs) He was he was like, I'm ready to go. Thanks for my birthday party, and I was like, I think I'm actually gonna have a slumber party with my bestie. (laughs) goodbye. See ya. Happy birthday. So he left. <laughs> and we got very, very, very intoxicated. And you know what, though, that night, I was telling Chris this, it felt like it lasted forever. Yeah. Because like we were having fun and we were drinking and then people left and brought back more alcohol and um, everything was good and dandy. We started doing some witchy shit. And I went outside and sat with um Adri for a while. And then she went inside and I just sat out there for a while by myself and I was like, excuse me. I looked fucking cat is like I, on my back. I looked at the time and I was like, are you kidding me? Like I'm having so much fun and like time is moving so slow. Like it was nice. Yeah. Um the next day was not nice. <laughs> I was so nauseous and I I was so nauseous and I can't decide if it was between the hangover or like I I'm a I'm a vitamin slut. Like I take so many yeah. vitamins. I also don't eat breakfast, so I'm assuming that was more of it. Yeah, <laughs> or it was a mixture. E- either way, one of my coworkers came into my office talking about ham, and I was like, "Don't!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I cannot do this right now." It was it was rough. Um, and then that same day, my husband and I left for North Platte for a funeral, um, which uh, we should do an episode on like toxic family members. I feel like we should. I can say a lot there. Um, so that was the thing and it was not fun. But then we got to spend the rest of the weekend with our nieces and my sister, which is like the best thing in the world. Because my sister and I are like the same person. So we have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Even my
1: even Chris brought that up. He goes, you and Haley are like identical. <laughs> and like the choices you make, the way you talk, the words you choose. Like right. Everything is the same. And I was like, yeah. Which is so weird, because we're like 10 years apart, too, but we're like, same, same, we act days. like we're twins. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, it was a long week. And then today's, this week's also going to be a pretty long week, too, because. Don't say that. I know it is, though. Thursday, I'm gone, because I have a doctor's appointment, Scott's Bluff, and then Friday, we're moving. And then Saturday, we have, surprise, a fucking wedding. Yay. Mm-hmm. We think we're going to make that wedding a day trip, though, because it's just in Rapid. I don't blame you. So it can't, it wouldn't be that bad to drive. Right. One of us just can't drink, which I volunteer. I volunteer as tribute. Because I'm still recovering from the last drinking escapade. (laughs) Also, something funny. When I was at my sister's, her husband, my brother-in-law comes in one morning. It's like 7 or 8. And he go, he hands me a drink, and then hands my sister a drink, and he goes, "I made you guys mimosas," and I was like, "Thank you, how nice!" And like we're drinking it, and I'm like, "Hmm, whatever." And my sister goes, "Brad, this tastes like Sunny D, like that's all it tastes like," and he's like, "Oh," <laughs> and she's like, "We don't even have champagne," <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, um, it's Sunny D and Screwdriver." <laughs> like wow
0: <laughs> thanks for that i
1: mean it was still good but i was like Fuck, i made you a mimosa <laughs> and it was like orange juice and vodka he felt so fucking bougie just then. <laughs> God. that's 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 yeah yeah that's
0: it's just been crazy i'm like beat emotionally this week it's been a long week like
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of my clients were not really in crisis but just like really into their trauma this week And I don't know if it was the full moon last night, but, like, they were really into their fucking trauma this week. And so I did a lot of trauma work, a lot of trauma work, a lot of late nights. And then I'm contracting for crisis response. um, And our... The man, our manager, it was like, it's been a really quiet month. I think there's only been one call. My ass has been called out three times in the last 48 hours Technically, for the same it, thing. I was say Technically, it's just one call. If you think about it. Nope, it's three different call outs because I had <laughs> like...
1: I'm like oh. Think about the money. Well, that's what
0: I'm thinking about, but I'm like, you motherfucker. Well, that, like, we had a really crazy thing happen here. Oh, yeah. And I had to do the debriefing for that, and it's like, I just didn't, like mm mm-hmm. like... I don't know what it is about people in crisis, but they tend to wait for me. So. You're you're like a
1: a trauma magnet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Ew>, God. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to be a fucking trauma magnet. But that's how
1: it was. Like even when you were on call, like, yeah. as a normal employee, I always got the fucking calls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, thanks, universe. Sawi. Hello, day. How else is everything though? I mean,
0: in which aspect of everything. Life. I had to give Avery the Heimlich maneuver the other day. <laughs> oh
1: my god. You texted me that and oh I gosh. bursted out laughing and Chris was like, what? And I was like, Avery just almost died. <laughs> and I was just like dying because I was like, what the fuck just happened?
0: What is my life? Well, we were sitting there and like it'd been such an emotional day. My kids are having such <sighs> big, like, back and forth emotions with everything right now, which is normal. Um, but We were like sitting there and watching TV at my mom's house. And all of a sudden she just screams like a pterodactyl. And then she yells, I'm choking. And then she like grabs her throat and like stands up. And like I had to like poke her in the stomach to get her to bend forward because she was like stiff. And so then I was just like patting her back. And one little tiny Reese's puff fucking fell out of her mouth. And then she like cried for a minute and I calmed her down. And then she's like, it's okay, I'm tough. And that was it. I was like, are you fucking kidding
1: me? My whole week. This
0: week can die. And then we went home and her
1: fucking beta fish was dead. My whole week is just choking on a racist Puff. Like, <laughs> fuck.
0: Seriously. And then she's like, my fish. And like.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: I was like, the carnival goldfish are alive. I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. I was like, fuck. So, you know, it was. It's been a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, fuck my life, I know. There is a new show on Netflix called Sexy Beasts and it's something different. I keep like getting distracted and looking at it. it so we have a playing right now and we're watching it, but it's on mute. But you have a person like, okay, I don't know how to explain this. So you have one person who's looking for love um, and then they have three contenders. It's kind of like Next. Do you ever watch Next on Netflix? Yes. yes. Really but they're all obviously the sh- Netflix chose like the hottest people in the world, which defeats the purpose of it. Right. But they're all in like crazy costumes and masks so that the person looking for love doesn't base their decision off of looks. Um, but they know that they're all hot anyway. So it doesn't really matter who they pick. It's all right. supposed to be like personality and whatever. It is like fucking weird. <laughs> well,
0: because it's not like they're just in masks. They're in like really extravagant, like two pounds of facial clay. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like yeah, this is hardcore. It's nuts. And like the pictures in the background are
1: all like <laughs> they're like fancy. For my <laughs> <laughs> Like old war generals with fucking buddy heads on or something.
0: What
1: the fuck. Uh, so
0: there's there's that, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <Fuck, he's>
0: gonna- <laughs>
1: what the fuck? Hang on, I gotta get a picture. This some- guy
0: has made it to the top. Don't live here now. Oh my God, I'm scared he's gonna knock the entire what ladder an down.
1: Idiot. Yikes. Oh my gosh. Okay, putting that on the gram. You'll see exactly why we were like, what the fuck, George? George. Oh, fuck. Sorry, I have the yawns. Okay. What are we talking about today? Mental health and kiddos. Mental health and kiddos. Kitties. No. I feel like he's going to try and go higher. Mental health in George O'Malley. He just is like fucking. He's an adrenaline junkie. He really is. Chris was like, I didn't sleep at all last night. <laughs> because he was up all night. And I was like, yeah, that's about, fucking, I'm about, I'm about to fall, dude.
0: He's trying to climb. Oh, oh, oh my oh. God. George O'Malley. He's on the top of this fucking blanket ladder. Like
1: So it's a it's a quilt ladder to display quilts and he fucking scaled his way up there. Oh, here we go. Jesus. Yikes. He's like, how am I gonna Cat, they said it'll be fun. They said, and then like cue like that TikTok music. So it's like he's <laughs> like fucking crackhead mode. Jesus. Wow. Okay, mental
0: health in children. Mm. And okay, we've we've talked about that in the past
1: episode. Atypical. Yeah. There's a new season on. Oh, I see.
0: Sorry. now. Anyway. Um. Okay. Um. Why is
1: it? important that we talk about mental health in children because it can be kind of hard to read in kiddos i Mm -hmm. think everyone has like their own way of presenting mental health um challenges but i think kiddos specifically like it is it it can be hard to decipher because is it just big emotions and i'm learning and i'm growing or is it mental health or is it is there something hormones is there something much deeper going on in the home is there sexual abuse is there you know the list goes on and on but i think being able to understand how to read it in kiddos and how they may present it, how they cope with different things. It's important for um, everybody to know.
0: Yeah. And and also, I think it's going to be important for us to talk about helping them get through their mental health struggles because it is very, very different. It's very different than, like, helping an adult. Um mm-hmm. One of my favorite sayings, and I teach this to a lot of my clients, is that all behavior has a purpose. Nobody just acts or behaves a certain way without that behavior meaning something. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I slapped you, there's obviously a meaning behind that behavior, whether that's I don't like you or I'm having big emotions and I'm not, I don't have the words for them. So what I'm going to do is lash out. Yeah. You know, and so you think about a kid who's having a ten- temper tantrum. What need, what basic need is not being met for them that they are freaking out like that? Mm -hmm. Um, So all behavior has a purpose. But I think when we're looking at kids that are struggling with their mental health, it's harder to identify that stuff because they don't always have the words to express what's going on. The fuck was that? That? Yeah. Or this? This? sound that sounds like somebody's getting railed upstairs
1: <laughs> so there is a there's a fan in my bathroom and then the wind will catch it and blow it, oh, it sounds like <clears throat> a fucking metal bed frame okay <laughs> wow <laughs> back
0: to it huh yikes um so i don't i don't really even know where to start but i mean if you think about mental health in general um children can develop the same conditions but their symptoms might look a little bit different. And I think that's kind of where um, we need to start. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you think differently. No, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Hold on. I don't know I'm, I'm I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, so warning signs. So, uh, and keep in mind their kids. And so persistent sadness, not just like, like we talked about Avery, her fish died. And so she got sad. Yeah. Um, So that's very different. This is something that's like persistent over two weeks. They're just down, totally different kiddo almost. Um, Withdrawing from or avoiding social interactions, hurting oneself, talking about death or suicide, outbursts or extreme irritability. And this has to be something that's out of their common standard of behavior. So if like you have a kiddo who's pretty prone to temper tantrums, you can't use that as an indicator for something going on with their mental health. So these are like out of character outbursts. Um, out of control behavior, drastic changes in mood, behavior or personality, changes in eating habits, weight loss, difficulty sleeping.
1: A lot of time a lot of times kiddos complain more about physical symptoms than they do mental. Yeah, cuz it's mental stuff is harder to understand. Yep. And so I think that's where a lot of that comes from is like, I don't understand what's happening in my brain and that makes my tummy hurt. Yeah. I have a stomach ache. Okay. Do you have a stomach ache because you're sick? Do you have butterflies
0: because you're nervous? Are you excited? And so you've got like the excited tickles. Do you have warm and fuzzies? Like Do you have to poop? Do you have to poop? Yeah. I mean, like there are <laughs> so many things that that could mean. That was always my mom's
1: go-to question. You got to poop.
0: Mine is always like, are you nervous? Mm-hmm. Um, Because when Aiden gets anxiety, he like his stomach will hurt really bad. Um, Changes in academic performance, avoiding school or missing school. The hard part is, is a lot of these behaviors are also pretty consistent with developmental changes. Their bodies are changing, their brains are changing, and it's Mm -hmm. a time of extreme confusion and constant learning. And so all this stuff is pretty consistent, also just developmentally.
1: anything to say to that is that all you got yeah let me look at the website that i have really what i have on my website is like how you can nurture slash improve mental health in your kiddos let's talk about how common mental health problems are among youth okay because i know you had um something along the lines of like the most common yeah diagnoses and whatever so what i've got here is that one out of every five children and youth in canada um, which is 20%, have a diagnosable mental health condition. Mm-hmm. Which, I feel like that number, I mean, that looks right, I guess. Um, some examples would include ADHD, anxiety, depression, substance use, eating disorders, and the obvious, the learning of disabilities. Right. Um, many children have milder but significant emotional behavioral problems. So mental health issues can affect youth at any age, Um, but specific situations can place some people, some younger people at higher risk. And this is where we talk about trauma and all those other things. So, um, some of those contributing factors would include family history of mental illnesses. Um, this is an interesting one. So this is a Canadian study. Sure. Um, so, they have on here new immigrants and refugees who experience difficult circumstances. Um, yeah. There are a lot of refugees in, in the Canada country. I don't say in the country of Canada, but then in the I. Canada s- country. <laughs> Canada country. <laughs>
0: um,
1: indigenous children and youth. Um, mm-hmm. so we're looking at that uh, generational trauma. LGBTQ, um, big life changes such as moving to a new city, divorce. Um, serious illnesses, facing or witnessing trauma, and then substance use. Yeah. So there are um, mental health disorders
0: or developmental disorders that are generally addressed by mental health professionals. Anxiety disorders is one of the biggest ones that we're seeing lately. Um, So any persistent fear, worry, or anxiety that disrupts their ability to function, essentially. Um, ADHD is super common among young people these days, which
1: is kind of, yes, I can see where it's common, but like, isn't it so hard to diagnose in young kiddos? So yep. like how much of those are misdiagnosed, you exactly. know what I mean? Oh Fuck. That's kind of
0: like where I'm at. It's like, I'm going to put a personal note in here and people can attack me for it later. But I honestly feel like ADHD is extremely overdiagnosed because mm-hmm. um, it's easier sometimes to medicate kids and get them to calm down than it is to really get to the bottom of what's going on, because trauma can present as ADHD, like some mm-hmm. of the anxiety, some of those symptoms. trauma
1: responses. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those symptoms are so similar, so it's easier to slap an ADHD diagnosis on them. Um, I think that and going back to the, it's so hard to understand mental health and it's so hard yeah. to actually see what's going on. And so I think that is like a the perfect blanket diagnosis for kiddos which is sucks
0: it's unfortunate because that's a diagnosis that can like fuck with you if you ever wanted to go into the military or anything Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. um autism spectrum disorder usually this appears in early childhood generally before the age of three while it is considered to be more neurological there are a lot of behavioral health aspects that go with that eating disorders um depression and other mood disorders you we do see a lot of bipolar disorder but it's diagnosed later on Mm -hmm. um PTSD, and this one says schizophrenia, but I feel like that's bullshit. <laughs> At least but not it, in our area. Well, so schizophrenia, like, the age of onset is technically in the late teens, and so what it would that? be childhood, um, but I just, it's silly.
1: Yeah. So. um, You brought up in the beginning what mental health problems can like begin looking like in kiddos Mm -hmm. and I have different categories here that I think would be cool to cover um so we have different changes we have changes in thinking changes in feelings changes in behavior um and physical changes so if we go up to the changes in thinking some very common indicators that a kiddo is is presenting with some mental health needs would be saying negative things about themselves or blaming themselves for things that are Most certainly out of their control. Mm -hmm. Um, Trouble concentrating. Frequent negative thoughts and changes in school performance. Do you want to do changes in feelings? If you want me to. Yeah.
0: Um, Reactions or feelings that seem bigger than the situation. Uh, Seeming very unhappy, worried, guilty, fearful, irritable, sad, or angry. Feelings
1: of hopelessness, helplessness, feeling lonely, or feeling rejected. Um, Some common changes in behavior. Wanting to be alone very often. Crying easily, showing less interest in or withdrawing from sports, games, and other activities, Um, overreacting or sudden outbursts of anger, um, seeming quieter than usual, less energetic, having trouble relaxing or sleeping, um, spending a lot of time daydreaming, falling back into less mature behaviors, Mm -hmm. and Trouble getting along with friends.
0: Well, and I think in there, too, we can put, like, hyper-focus and or perfectionism. Absolutely. Feeling like they need, to, they need to be perfect all the time. Yeah. Physical changes. Headaches, tummy aches, neck pain. Just general aches and pains um, that are not better explained by a medical condition. Always rule out medical conditions first. Lack of energy. Feeling tired all the time. Any sort of sleep or eating problems. Too much energy or nervous habits, so they might be biting their nails, twisting their hair, sucking on their thumbs. Also, behaviors that were not present prior to the mental health yeah. stuff. I lost my train of thought. Um, mm-hmm.
1: So, you kind of um, looked at a little what? There was a show that came up that was called Tattoo Redo. I'm assuming Ooh. it's like a cover-up show. That would be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sorry, getting distracted. That's okay. We probably shouldn't have the TV
0: on. <laughs> I keep yawning and like, freaking, like I just want to lay down. Um, so you kind of touched on some ways that mental health can be diagnosed in children. Um, and there are just a few extra on here that I want to touch on. Um, Cause it is super hard to diagnose young people. So the, there has to be, a mental health evaluation and this is generally done by a mental health professional, a psych nurse, a social worker, therapist, um, anyone who's licensed to do so but it also is gonna have a complete medical exam, medical history, history of physical or emotional trauma, family history of physical or mental health, reviewing of sim- symptoms and general concerns with the parents. We look at um, developmental milestones and how those were met and if there's any concern that there's any sort of developmental disabilities going on. Look at academic history. Um, a lot of, so most of the time we'll interview the parents first and then we'll interview the kiddos. Conversations with and observations of the child, and then any sort of standardized assessment or questionnaires. And then obviously we'll use the DSM to help find an appropriate diagnosis. Um, so let's talk about how
1: it's treated. How do you treat this in kids? Therapy. Therapy. Educating parents, I think, is a big thing, too. Yeah. Providing that family education so that their only safe place isn't in a therapy setting. It can be at home, too, which is detrimental. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So there's a lot of different kinds of therapy.
0: Talk therapy usually seems to be the best for young people. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at really little, play therapy super effective. Like one of the coolest lines that you'll hear when you start learning about play therapy is that um, play is their language and toys are their words. Mm -hmm. So the way that they play can really describe how they feel. Pictures. Yep. So Mm -hmm. for example, I have this one kiddo who's had some pretty significant trauma as of recently, and he likes to play in this big barrel of kinetic sand that we have. Mm -hmm. And the first couple of times he played with it fine. And then he started hiding. So we have sensory bins. So then he started hiding these little like beans And I was like, man, don't do that. Cause I'm like, I gotta dig through there and find all the beans. But like, you're just supposed to let them. The only two rules in my play therapy is like, you can't hurt yourself or anyone else and you have to pick everything up at the end. Um, So he starts hiding all these beans. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Just let him hide beans. And then he started making big mounds with the beans in them. And then out of nowhere, he just started punching the shit out of this kinetic sand. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're angry. (laughs) And I just let him do it. And then when he was done, he took the beans out and he put the beans away. And he's like, you said I have to clean up when I'm done. I was like, yep. And, you know, just the way that he was able to, like, get some of that anger out without having to, like, explore and be like, I think I'm angry because
1: mm-hmm.
0: he was able to take that anger and put it somewhere. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm off track. Mm-hmm. You said something about
1: parents. Um. Yeah. So... How, wait. Yeah. I said educating. Parents are educating. Is that what you were talking about? It is now. <laughs> so what I have here is like, how can we, now we have like a very vague understanding of what signs we can look for and their, the importance of understanding yeah. them. Like how can we nurture our children's mental health and how can we promote positive well-being I'm
0: sorry i'm like fidgety and i keep I know. Talking, moving i got are you okay ants
1: in my pants okay so- <laughs> okay so let's talk about how to nurture your kid your kiddos mental <laughs> can you health. nurture me because i'm fucking losing it so i have different sections um um the first one says helping build strong caring relationships Establishing those support systems early on are going to be very, very important. Um, it's important for children to have strong relationships within the family and outside of the family. Um, spending time together each night around the dinner table, doing things together. Um, having one significant person who is consistently present in the child's life plays a very important role in helping them develop resilience. Um and I always say this too, like when we talk about our programs that we have at the high school and, and everything like that, I I take my relationships with my kiddos very seriously yep. because if they can have just one positive person in their life, it makes a world of a difference. Absolutely. Um, whether it's in the school or outside of school or not, if they can just have one person that they trust, one adult that yeah. they trust, it makes a big, big difference in their life. Um, so there's that. And then showing your children how to solve problems their own problems walking walking it through it say okay this makes us feel this way because yeah what ways can we help fix it
0: is that, is um, that you have?
1: oh i have more um the next section was like helping the children and youth develop self-esteem so that they feel good about themselves Rather than we we look at their person, we also look at their situation. So if we can improve how they see their person, it can really change how they see situation wise.
0: Yep. Affirmations,
1: Um, positive self-talk, cognitive refocusing and
0: reframing. Right. That's something that like I do a lot with young people in therapy all the time, because I don't think people realize that like there's a study out there somewhere. And Davina actually told me about this, that for every one negative statement that you either say to yourself here Or someone Mm -hmm. says to you, it takes seven positive statements to counteract that one negative. Yeah. And so for some reason, our brains really like to latch on to that negative thought. And then it creates that neural pathway of like, okay, well, we're going to think this shitty thing about you all the time now. Right. And So for every one negative thing that passes through your brain, every one negative connection, it takes seven positive ones. Wow. Yeah. It's insane.
1: So some things that parents can do that kind of support this would be like showing lots of love and acceptance, praising them when they do things well, yeah. um, ask questions about their activities, show them that you're interested and help them set realistic goals. Um, we also have learning, respecting their feelings. Um, this is important because it's okay for children to feel sad and angry. Yeah. That's not something we're trying to diminish. Um, So encourage them to talk about how they're feeling and why they feel that way. Keeping communication and conversation flowing by asking questions and listening to them um, is going to be a really big one. And that kind of helps with the above one, which is forming positive relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Helping your kiddo find someone to talk to when they don't feel comfortable talking to you. Um, I see this a lot in, in youth where they're like, well, my mom just wants, my mom just says, well, why can't you talk to me about it? Or something like that. And, there's a million reasons why. Right. But, and that can be frustrating for both mom and kid. Yeah. Super, super, super.
0: Well, and so that mm. was one thing that like when I started noticing, because one of the reasons I was like, let's talk about this is because my kiddos are having huge emotions. Right. Um, and their dad and I have been separated for quite some time now, and they're still having big emotions about it. And it's completely normal, um, especially with like the school year rolling around. And now mm-hmm. they're going to have to explain to all their friends that like, oh, half the week I'm at mom's and half the week I'm at dad's. Like, it's a big thing. Um, but the first thing I did when I noticed, like my son was having big emotions, I was like, do you want to go see a therapist buddy? Like somebody you can talk to that's not me or not dad. And you don't have to worry about hurting anyone's feelings. You can say whatever you want. And I think parents need to understand that too, is sometimes like our kiddos aren't being dicks and it's not that they're trying to hide stuff from us. It's more like they don't want to disappoint us or like they don't want to hurt our feelings or right. they love us so much that they just want <clears throat> us to be happy that they're not going to say these things. And so helping them find another trusted adult isn't a knock on you. It's actually probably one of the most selfless things that you can do. Right. Um, So
1: just remember that too. It's not that like they hate you and they don't want to talk to you. Um, I have two more categories in the how to promote um, mental well-being with your kiddos. The first one is creating a safe and positive home environment. We talked about the person versus situation and how both of them play a role. Yeah. Um, and the self-esteem section helps with the person. This is going to help with their situation. So being aware of your child's media use um, because both of the content yes. and the amount time spent on Greens. so this would be like tv social media tiktok like anything tablets ipads youtube so if you're being aware of who they're interacting with the things that are being said to them um cyber bullying is so real and it, we should it's, do a whole episode on cyber bullying. i think we have oh we just did social media i don't think we did one on cyber bullying no we just did social media Um being careful about discussing serious family issues like finances, mental problems, illnesses, anything like that. Um, not mental problems, marital. Um I know there it can be really uh (laughs) nice. You you get into like a sticky situation where your kiddos aren't in your kiddo role anymore and they become someone that you know you vent to and that's a really really big thing and even things that when you even are careful about it like I know someone who um they were talking about like contacts or something and they were like holy shit it's that much but like they've never really struggled with money yeah like ever but they just made the comment like oh wow that's expensive yep and their kiddo like months later were like worried about their finances oh. or mom are you sure that this is gonna be okay yeah. like can we afford it And mom's like what what do you mean right so just like s- things as small as like a comment like oh wow that's a lot of money can really and so you mentioned like kiddos taking on more of
0: a like grown-up role it's called the parentified child Right. And we see this a lot in like families of divorce or when someone loses a parent. So single family homes, we see this a Mm -hmm. lot. And it's generally because one parent is relying on and it's usually the oldest child, but it's a it's an identified child that they turn to and start to treat more like a parent. They take on more roles of like watching the younger siblings, changing diapers, cooking, Mm -hmm. cleaning, kind of becoming like that emotional scapegoat for the other adult in the home. Right. Um, And I would just venture to say that it's probably never okay to do that. Obviously, like the kiddos need responsibility, but they don't need to be taking on a
1: parenting role. Right. Um, The last way you can help promote um, positive mental well-being in your home to your kiddos is in difficult situations, help them solve their problems. And we talked about this at the beginning, um, but just teaching your child how to relax when they feel upset. So this could be like deep breathing, doing things that are calming to them, playing in sand. Mm -hmm. um talk taking some time alone or going for a walk um talking about possible solutions or ideas to improve the situation and how to make it happen and Mm -hmm. do your best not to take over like let them figure out so that they can practice those skills because those skills will come in handy further down the road without a doubt well
0: and so i have a few extra here um and i have a little picture that we can put on social media but some of them actively listening bef- before offering advice. So don't try to fix their problem, but listen to them and listen to what their solution might be and help guide and direct them. Don't right. do it for them. Right. Be patient because it's going to take them longer to process and to really get out what they're trying to say. So being patient with them, sharing your feelings and validating theirs. So not just like listening being like, okay, but validate what they're saying. It's mm-hmm. so like when Aiden said, like when he had all of his big emotions. Like once he calmed down, I was like, buddy, you did a really good job expressing yourself to me. And I really appreciate that. It helps Mm me. And he's like, what do you mean? And I just told him, I was like, it helps me understand how I can help you better. And I was like, you just did a really fantastic job of expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So validating that telling the truth. Kids are not stupid and they see and pick up on more than we realize they do modeling healthy behavior. So it's one thing to teach it to them. It's another thing to do it yourself. Um, so like Avery, the other day when she was all pissed off, she's like, I need to go meditate <laughs> and I fucking took her minute in her room and was like meditating. Um, be consistent with and follow through with what you promise. Kids need to see that consistency. You can't tell them you're going to do something and then not do it. Um, believe in them and believe them when they talk to you, practice those relaxation exercises together. So meditate together recognize positive choices. Don't just penalize the bad ones set and respect boundaries, make play and exercise a requirement, reach out and hug them, limit that technology use for everyone, not just for them. Mm -hmm. So if you're expecting that of them, put your own technology down as well. You can't tell them to do one thing and then break that boundary yourself. It doesn't make sense to them. Um, view, view their behavior as a window to their needs and feelings. And it goes back to what I said in the beginning, all behavior has a purpose a need is not being met or they are feeling a feeling they cannot express. So that's what those behaviors are trying to express. Um, respond calmly when their emotions are elevated, have scheduled family time, be present, model forgiveness, use open ended questions. If you use yes or no questions, they're going to answer yes or no. Right. Um, so usually if you, if you use like what, who, where, when questions, those are a little more open ended. Um, And if you ever get closed off, you can always say, like, okay, tell me more. I need a little bit more to be able to understand you better. And then that will make them talk a little bit more. Teach them how to be safe and surround them with healthy adults. So that's what I got on that.
1: Very nice. Very very nice. nice. Very nice. I think that's also all that I have.
0: So there's that. Mental health and kids. Mental health and kids. Do you have a quote? Um, I think I do. Oh, my God. <clears throat> my freaking, oh, oh no. <laughs> Chelsea. Dude, I think my phone is haunted. So, like, I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, the ringer will just, like, turn up and down. It's entirely possible my case is yeah, just sitting maybe, on Maybe funny. your
1: case is, like, sticky or something. But
0: I like the idea that I have a ghost friend. <laughs> Jesus. Um... So this is from Youth Dynamics. Beneath every behavior, there is a feeling. And beneath each feeling, there is a need. When we meet that need, rather than focusing on the behavior, we begin to deal with the cause and not the symptom. I like that. That's not necessarily like a power quote like we normally do, but I feel like it was very fitting Mm -hmm. to what we talked about. Yeah. You know, because when you go to the doctor, the doctor's – will treat the symptoms, but they're always looking for like the root cause, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a cold, they're not just gonna give you a Kleenex and be like blow your nose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they're gonna do the whole gamut of tests to say like, okay, you just have a cold. So that's kind of similar thought process.
1: Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah.
0: I have a whole like Pinterest boards. Launchers go because some of them are shitty. She Could Be Heaven or Hell, A Strong Man's Dream or A Weak One's Nightmare by Reggie Newland.
1: Boom.
0: Biatch. <laughs> so I, I posted something um, to the guy. I'm seeing. I posted something to his
1: wall. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? No. <laughs>
0: so I said, you were warned. And it says, I'm not built for no soft man. I talk back and I don't listen. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it makes me happy.
0: <laughs> makes me happy. So yeah, there's Mental Health and
1: Kids. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, we'll be posting a lot more polls and stuff on our Instagram stories. I so love make, that you include me in that. Make sure that you <laughs> make sure that you head on over to Instagram and look up "mental health sucks." Sucks is S-U-C-C-S, and participate in that in the polls. In the polls, which I
0: give you like mad props for doing that. I got on our Instagram the other day and I was like, fuck, I need to be better about this. And then I got distracted. That's how it usually goes. Yeah. I'll get better. No, I <laughs> won't. But it feels good to say it for 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> I feel like every week you're like, I'll do better. <laughs> it's an empty promise. Everybody fucking knows that by now. <laughs> fuck. Yep. Okay. Make sure you water yourself and your friends. Goodbye. Bye.